0: BLOB
1: TALK RADIO Good morning America and all listeners across the world This is Billy BJ Jones the author of Everyday Folks Books and the creator of Everyday Folks Radio. You're tuning in live on Tuesday, June 18, 2019. And we are here today to have an awesome conversation with a phenomenal guest. But before we introduce her, I'd like to remind you, if at any time you'd like to speak to me or any of our esteemed guests live on our show, you may call in at 347-539-5372. Again, that call in is 347-539-5372. Or if you're a little shy and you prefer just to inbox your messages to us, you may do so at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolks with an S, listen at gmail.com. A few announcements. First in part, this show is being sponsored and featured by Black Tongue Clothing, looking for a brand that represents an Afrocentric nation, please visit BlackTongueClothing.com for more information. As well, this is a very important month. June marks half of the milestone of the passing of a, a half of a year. It's also Black Music Month, and this is a great time when we celebrate the contributions of the music arts from people of the African diaspora, especially Blacks here in America, so I'm very excited about that, as well as it's Pride Month or we recognize those who are who are members of the LGBTQ+ plus community. As well, a few announcements in regards to the South Florida Writers Association, of which I am a proud member, we are hosting our next meeting on July 6th, which is a Saturday from 10:30 to 12:30 at the Pinecrest Regional Library in Miami. And this is a great session because this time allows you to hear members. We have over 120 members. We have members who sign up and do readings of their works in five minutes or fewer. So I'll be one of those readers that particular day. I'm very excited to present a couple of my latest poems, and I hope you'll come out and not only support me, but all the other fabulous talent that we have locally. Now, today's guest is someone who is truly a woman of many talents. Obviously, the most gifted of all for our conversations today is the writing talent, but there's so much more to offer. So here's her bio. Sonetta Anthony is a multi-talented author who resides in Chicago, Illinois. An educator for more than 20 years, her life work is to educate, enhance, and create awareness of moral, social, and spiritual ideas. She's published several works, works such as The Love Story, 31 Days of of Treasures, and her latest book, A Home for Sally. She is a co-contributor in a collection of works entitled Michelle Obama's Impact on African-American Women and Girls. She is a graduate from Grand Canyon University with a Bachelor's of Science in Educational Leadership. And one of Sonetta's favorite phrases comes from T.L. Travers, Mary Poppins. and, And it says, in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. And in her writing, being her most enjoyable element in life, I think that's a very befitting statement. When she is not writing, she enjoys uh, time with her number one fans, her husband, children, and grandchildren, along with watching her favorite television show, which is also mine, (laughs) Jeopardy. (laughs) (laughs) Please welcome to the show, Stanetta. Thank you for being here today.
2: Hi, Billy. Thank you for having me uh, with you today. I'm excited to be here.
1: Well, I have to say, I first am very honored because you, you sought me out and you sought Everyday Folks as a venue for promoting your work. So special love to you, my friend, and thank you for seeking us and considering us for a discussion about your incredible work and your contributions to the arts.
2: And thank you for having me on and considering me as a guest. So I appreciate that as well.
1: How is the weather in Chicago?
2: Ah, uh, we are a warm fifty-six degrees.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> and it oh. is summertime.
1: <laughs> and this is summer. That's right. <laughs> <It's> summer. <laughs> yes. We are well, warm. I I will tell you, warm over here for me. I'm 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 in this home studio hosting the show. I am in Miami, okay. Florida, as you can imagine. So it's pretty hot outside. It's eighty-eight degrees. Wearing okay. sandals and shorts and trying to run from the stifling humidity. <laughs>
0: so oh, oh
2: We are not doing away.
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> we are not forecast. doing
2: that. Not today. Right. Exactly. Not today. I, not today. Well,
1: we're going to send some warmth your way because I see that your spe- your incredible work, A Home for Sally, is a very special book. And would you could you share a little more about it? What is A Home for Sally? Okay. Uh,
2: well, A Home for Sally is a children's book children's book about a special needs puppy and her name is Sally and Sally is on a search to finding a forever home Mm -hmm. and in her process she goes through various challenges she is actually rehomed she had a forever home and that her owner was no longer able to care for her Mm-hmm. And so they had to place her in a long term kennel facility. And that's actually where her journey begins. Uh Sally is bullied. Sally feels abandoned. Uh Sally just goes through a lot of ups and downs. Sally feels uh self rejection. Sally goes depression. So Sally goes through a gamut of emotions that not just a canine would feel, but mm-hmm. an, as an adult would feel or a child would feel if they're placed in a position in an unfamiliar place and trying to figure out what's going to happen to me next. And so mm. that's her that's her story.
1: Thank you for that. And I'll share, I, I, you, you answered my next question, but I'll still ask it, say it anyhow. The fact that Sally, she is a metaphor for human life and and for some of the our own inadequacies and challenges that we endure in life. And so as you're sharing this work with other um communities, especially children, what is the what, what are some of the takeaways that they share or what is the impact that this book has had on them?
2: Well, one of the things that I'm always asked, especially by children is mm-hmm. why No, I'm going to say the one thing when I show the picture and the cover of the book, the first reaction that I get from children is why is her paw missing? Mm. And, but if I show the same book to an adult, they just Mm -hmm. open it up and kind of flip through it and then they figure it out. And so there's a, a difference between how children view one thing and how adults view one thing, and so I I really get that. And in the respect, they I'm always asked like the question, "Why did you make her without a paw? What's What's her problem? Or you know, why Why, right, why right, does right, she right. look like that? Uh, how does she feel?" And I can actually, it opens the door for us to have an open and honest conversation Mm -hmm. about sometimes with some of the children, how they may have something that they have that's considered special needs.
0: Right.
2: And they can open up and say, okay, I have this, I have that. Maybe I have a dog. Uh, They look funny or I have a friend or something. And then it opens up an avenue for me because I have a, Finger, And I never thought about this until I started Mm -hmm. writing Sally. I have a finger that was uh, the nerve endings were damaged when I was a child. Wow. And so with this one particular finger and it's my middle Mm -hmm. finger Mm -hmm. and I was very conscientious of it uh, from adult. Well, even sometimes now that when I'm using it or when Mm -hmm. I'm uh, depending on what I'm doing, it stands straight up and I cannot bend it down. Wow. And so some people look strange because they think I'm using a bad word. Right. But it's actually not. It's just the way my finger is. And so I'm able to even open up with that where you can't see it all the time unless I'm doing something. But we can have an open conversation that we may have something that no one ever sees or unless it's shown to you, that is considered special need. And so that's how we go from there.
1: Mm, I love that. And I appreciate your sharing your personal experience as well. I think I I share this with my college students all the time. I said, we can't judge books by its cover. We don't know what people are going through. It's easy for us. We can only at some point, we have to acknowledge that we only could value what we think we know from the surface. But we are really all, there's so many things and layers beneath, and people right. don't recognize what those things are. And, and it could be tough to, to navigate life knowing that this one special thing about yourself is, is there. So I feel that Sally right. is, is truly, I, I feel that I should I probably be using it in my creative writing class coming up this fall when I'm teaching the children's literature aspect. So I know I'll be having a conversation with you, perhaps have you Skype in if anything. Okay. And <laughs> You know, to talk okay, to we students about, that. you know, having you know, these universal messages that children's books offer, because it's not just about finding a lost pet. It really helps shape them for the emotionality of the human condition and navigating life that we, as adults, don't recognize. It, you know, we know what it is. We recognize, but children don't see it in the, from adult through adult lenses. And so, therefore, right. is, what you do is very, very special. And a lot of folks don't realize that writing children's books is not easy. It is not easy in the least. And what have some, in in your experience, And well, first of all, who or what inspired you to write this book?
2: Well, uh, what inspired me actually is television. And Hmm. one of the things that I observed was when I would uh, see different programs about pet adoption and everything, I'd never seen... Special needs pet. And I began to think about well, where are all the other pets that have maybe a missing paw, who are blind, you know, something that you can visually see. And I understand the respect of you're promoting adoption and you want to put the best foot forward, but what about all the other pets who are left behind? And what I found out after writing a
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, Home for Sally post, post uh, Home for Sally is that mature pets and special mm-hmm. needs pets are mm-hmm. the fourth to be adopted. So it takes a, maybe a year or two for a regular pet or canine to be adopted and it's the fourth time a time plan for a special mm-hmm. needs pet. So, mm-hmm. it may be four years. Wow. If, and that's even if they get adopted. Right. Uh, and, and so, you, and some of them never get adopted. They just get euthanized. And right. so, it's, it, it's, it's, it's something to really think about. So, that's where my inspiration came
1: from. Mm, I appreciate you sharing that. I have a story for you. Last Tuesday Okay. Stories. A week from, a week ago, mm-hmm. I walked outside, and I kept hearing this little meow noise coming from the bushes. And I said, okay. well, I have a cat, and my cat is an indoor cat. I don't let her outdoors, and she's 13. Okay. 13 this year. Okay. And so she's not a baby cat. This is a kitten's voice that I'm hearing. And then sure okay. enough, as I look through the shrubbery to investigate, I see these blue little eyes looking at me. This kitten, okay. after doing my homework, was no more than four weeks old.
0: Oh, wow. And it was
1: looking for a home. And the you know, first thing is thought is, where is mama? Mama may be not too far away, so let it be for a while, right? And right. so after about six, seven hours, I'm still hearing, as I go about my day, I'm still hearing this kitten outside. And so okay. now it's time for me to move in and, and do what I can. so I didn't bring it in, but I did provide warmth and brought it into the utility, food, you know, do things like that. And it right. turned out this, this beautiful cat that um, you know, this cat could have died. It didn't. Oh. I was able to find it a home. And wow. It, it just all happened in 48 hours, by the way. I was able to find it a home okay. with someone I know very well too. And so, and Guess. it turned out she's a girl and her name is Laura and Laura is healthy okay. and happy. But he also, discovered Laura. Like, you know, and he said, you know, when we, when we, we think that when we find these animals, we just think that, oh, we could just take them to a, a center or a pet center. There are, there are these, some folks, some places euthanize. You know, they're, they're right. overfilled. And there's also obligations, financial obligations to maintain, if not bring up. We don't know what these animals have when we find them. And so it's so sad because here we are in an example. And I live in a neighborhood where there are, you know, many houses. I know that this is someone's um, feral cat or lack of feral, you know, pe- stray cat who they allowed Mm -hmm. out, you know, to do what she did. And in that regard, that action is no different than what humans do when we abandon, reject, and all the things that you mentioned previously that are embodied within the themes of your book. And so I say thank you because it was so funny. I was like, I'm interviewing an author who's talking, who's using, who's metaphorically speaking of the human condition through this impressive animal. And here I am now (laughs) <laughs> on the cusp, uh, <laughs> on the precipice <laughs> of helping someone find one, it was just one of those things I was laughing at the entire oh time, my and goodness. I didn't want to share with you until now, obviously. Okay, so
2: well,
1: thank have, you so much. You're welcome. And and actually, we have a few questions that are coming in, folks. You're listening live to Billy Jones, BJ Speaks, and I'm here with my dear colleague, Senator Anthony, and she's talking about her incredible work, her latest book, which is Sa- "A Home for Sally." If you'd like to speak to her, you can call us, the number 347-539-5372. Again, that call-in is 347-539-5372. And I see that some of you are shy in my inbox, but if you're interested in emailing us, that email address is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. Again, that is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. So I have a question for you, Stenetta, and this question is coming from Tarsha, who lives in South Carolina.
2: Okay. Tarsha,
1: Tarsha, thanks for listening to us and for supporting Stenetta. Don't forget to get the book, okay? All right. Thank you. So her question is, who influenced your book, or who or what influenced your book's title? Uh,
2: You know what I? uh, You know I? I don't really have an influence when it came to that. It was just a title that I can just say kind of popped into my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to work, and mm-hmm. uh, and I write. I take my pen, I take my paper everywhere I go. And that actual title, because I had seen the program, and that mm-hmm. actual title just popped into my head, and it
1: just stuck.
0: It just stuck.
1: Wow. You know, Stedetta, when I'm writing my next book, I'm going to call you. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> you seem to be this incubator for creating titles. So I'd love to see how that applies to ma- creating titles for short stories. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because that's not easy. Okay. It's not easy to create a title. And folks, all jokes aside, it is not easy, Tarsha, to create a title. And I think that's probably why she asked. You created a title right. that and has it easily remem- mem- remember- memorable. It's brandable. I created a word there. And it, 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 it works. It sticks and that's not easy so hats off to you for coming up with that so, so
2: okay well you thank did. you and and I encourage her you know you, you have to find a title that's best for you every writer is different
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, like I said it just popped in my head and it just stuck and I didn't just Uh, it was a, su- a couple of subtitles that came along with that mm-hmm. that I was like no I don't like that <laughs> I'll just say yep. what I have
1: and Tarsha, what she's saying, what Stenetta's saying is true. I changed, I hear this, my next book comes out in in, in January. However, okay. I changed the, the, the subtitle. I stood over for almost a year. A it's year. Not, it,
0: wow.
1: And, I, and so people don't recognize, you know, a lot of our, you know, our readers, our supporters, it takes a lot. Because what we're creating there exactly. now is that bridge to the branding aspect and the marketing Mm -hmm. aspect and what was that process like for you how you know the marketing process i I always say producing the book is one phase that's phase one and then phase two is the marketing once it exists how has that process been for you
0: um
2: the process has been a learning one because Mm -hmm. i never went to school for marketing never thought about marketing Mm -hmm. or anything else And so it became a very learning process, which I'm still continuing to learn about marketing Mm -hmm. and that there are so many phases and facets to marketing. And so you have to find out, I'm a children's author. So I have to market to people who are going to buy children's books. Now, a three-year-old, unless they're just a genius, is not going to go in a bookstore or not going to go online and purchase my book. So I have to reach the adult in their life or adult and promote my book to them. Well I said. can still promote to that three-year-old by reading and they, they can nag their parents about, get me that book, get me right. that book. But I I have to actually reach the adult or educator or whomever is in that child or children's life for marketing purposes. And then I have to just go beyond that. Uh, You have to market yourself because you have to make yourself a brand. Right. Just like every other writer, Stephen King is a brand within himself. You know what to expect from him when he, uh, writing horror film. but right. he may use a pseudonym for writing something else because mm-hmm. that's something different for him. So mm-hmm. with marketing, it's, it's an interesting process that you have to maneuver yourself through. Uh, anyone, you, you need to research. Uh, the Internet is a wonderful source,
0: but mm-hmm. I also
2: use my local library as well. Uh,
0: to -hmm. check out books
2: and take time to read. I also uh, talk to business people who are not necessarily writers, Mm -hmm. but they still know something about marketing. They still know about business. And that was something I, like I said, I've learned, and I'm continuing to learn because we are ever supposed to be learning. Uh, that's how I feel. Uh, just like I'm ever writing, I should be ever learning. And I'm well learning said. about my craft. My craft is writing, so I have to learn about my craft.
1: Well said. And I, I I just wrote a little comment here for you that was a follow-up. You know, you mentioned I've seen your website. It's beautiful, by the way. But what, you just, you. what you just reminded me of is the truth in, in marketing for children's books. You have to have two avenues of marketing. One is knowing your audience is that kid, but parents or guardians of those kids are who are the buyers. So right. that means your website, your social media, everything that you build has to somehow find a way to speak to both of those communities. Right. That, 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 and I saw your site and your website did exactly that. It looked colorful. It was appealing to a child. But also, it was professional to an adult. That, whereas, if my kid was sitting on my lap and in my laptop, I'm able to show him or her right now. Look, you want to get this book? Look at this book. Look at the nice lady on her website. It speaks right. to both communities, and I salute you for that for having figured that out. Because a lot of authors, especially in your genre, they don't get that sometimes.
2: Well, you know what? Not How did you figure that. that
1: out? Oh, mm-hmm. sorry, I didn't
2: mean to cut you off. No, you How didn't I cut me off. All. Out? Go for it. Uh, My son actually told me because I I had did my website a little different and Mm -hmm. he looked at it and he told me, he said, Mom, you need to look at some other children's authors' websites and look at what they have. Now, I'm not copycapping. I'm not copycapping. Copycapping. I'm saying, okay. Anyway, (laughs) I'm not, I can't get it out. But uh, I looked at some of the things that. I liked and I didn't like. And I had to do what is fitting best for me. And so that right. was part of the marketing process too. If you're looking at other people who are successful and seeing who have done it successfully
1: mm-hmm. and
2: look at what they, they've done and say, oh, okay, I think I could do something like that.
1: So, mm. yeah. and that's smart. Very smart. And I I, I agree with you. And I, that's one tip to give to many any author who's listening to us today recognize that if you want to get that if you want to make your brand memorable first you have to study what others are doing looking at other accomplished authors who are out and it doesn't matter what genre it helps if you look at your own genre first which is important right but it also doesn't it's not a bad idea to get glimpses at what others are doing because I looked at Stephen King's I don't know if you've seen it recently his website looks like it looks like you know, when you go to the movie websites and you want to book a movie or buy a movie ticket online or a trip ticket, right. it looks like mm-hmm. a website for that. It looks less author-like and more movie-like because a lot of what he does now is more for the silver screen or for television.
0: And True. so True. What,
1: and, and what you shared in your branding and your research is that, well, I got to be able to reach the people where they're at because I have to know where to take the pulse of where my audience is. And that's right. that's genius. That's like... It's marketing one-on-one, so I, I truly appreciate your sharing that. And then the other question, here comes the question. You mentioned libraries. I've noticed that in my visits to many libraries, libraries are great places, and I appreciate you're giving them some love. But they're great places for children because children still like the feel of a book. They still like to yes. touch a physical book versus a digital download on an iPad or a tablet. And so I was going to ask my question to you, then, is, what has been your experience in that regard? Have you, been, have you had some connections or opportunities to showcase your works in libraries or, or experience, uh, you know, Home for Sally in a library setting? Uh,
2: not as of yet. Uh, okay. I have some things in the work, mm-hmm. a Home for Sally. I did my previous book. The love story in a library setting, a couple of library settings. But I hope it's Sally. She hasn't been in the library setting as of yet. She hasn't been read by me. I'm going to say she hasn't, she's in the library. Right. But she hasn't been read by me personally as of yet. So if any librarians are listening,
1: (laughs) (laughs) great plug, my friend. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Especially those librarians who are in our hometowns of Chicago and Miami. If you are listening,
0: yes, I do hope that you'll you consider my dear
1: friends. Absolutely, Sneta. I hope that you'll consider not only having the book there, but inviting Miss Anthony out too. She will be happy to come out and, and see speak. Yes, I will sport. be. And yes, so I please will give be. her that love. I I that was a great plug. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> And I appreciate everyone listening. And I have more questions coming in, Stanetta. Just want to remind okay. folks you're listening live here with BJ. I am Billy Jones, and I'm here with my dear colleague, Stanetta Anthony, who is speaking about her latest work, A Home for Sally, and other writing related matters here on Everyday Folks Radio. I have a second question for you, uh, Stanetta, and it's from Michael okay. from Tennessee. Okay. Michael, thanks for listening and for supporting Stanetta. The question is this. I'm thinking of publishing my own children's book. Any advice?
2: Okay. <clears throat> I have a couple of things. First of all, uh, with writing a children's book, you need to have an illustrator. <laughs> I do not know how to draw.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Whoever you choose as an illustrator, they have to have your heart and your mind, especially if you don't know how to draw, like me. hmm Uh, I went through three different illustrators.
0: Wow. So that's
2: the first thing. So they have to read your story Mm -hmm. and illustrate your story.
0: Mm The second
2: thing is you need an editor. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's so essential. Because if you want your books, uh, I'm sorry, an editor and a proofreader. If you want your books in schools, libraries, and other learning institutions, mm-hmm. it has to be well written. And so you need to find someone who can do that. Uh, maybe two people, three people. Uh, the other thing is uh, copyright. Make sure that your baby, I'm going to call it your baby because
0: your mm-hmm. book is your mm-hmm. baby.
2: Make sure that your book is copywritten if you decide to send it out I'm not saying that anyone would steal it or anything right but we have heard stories about music and different genres uh, in recent years where people have just sampled music and
0: Mm -hmm. gone from there Mm -hmm. it's
2: only about I think 35 or 40 Mm dollars for the Library of Congress to get your book uh, copywritten you can get information about that actually on library or congress Mm -hmm. Uh, be careful of who you share your story with Uh, you don't want your story to be someone else's story and they decide to publish your book before Mm -hmm. you get it out Uh, that doesn't mean that you can't share with people but you just have to be I'm not gonna say. Oh, I'm gonna say. Do not overextend sh- your sharing. Right. Uh, if you decide to into into a contract agreement, if you decide to uh, do an agreement with someone,
1: make mm-hmm. sure it
2: is on paper. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's your best friend from mm-hmm. fifty years ago. You need to have everything in writing. I don't care if if your brother, who you've known all your life, <laughs> <laughs> you need to make sure that it is in writing so there is no miscommunication, no misunderstanding about anything. Mm. And so those are some of the things that I have learned and I have done uh, throughout the years and So. You know, those are some things that I could share.
1: Thank you for that. Those were outstanding ideas. And, Michael, I did everything she just shared. I only just wanted to add, you know, you just made me think of something, Sunetta. You broke down the three phases of the process of creating a book, the writing of the book, the production mm-hmm. of the book, and then the business of selling the book. And, Uh, All those things, it goes back to having just basic common sense and forward thinking and professionalism to recognize that this is your baby. This is your product. And it's just like whenever I always tell people, whenever I'm applying for a new opportunity and all the professional opportunities I've had in my career, I always kept Mm -hmm. it close close to my chest until things were final. And then that's when you tell folks and you announce, other than that, I kept it close to my chest. Yes. Because I, did, I, I needed to A, not compromise the process, and B, That's not true. let out the universe of what may or may already be working for me. And so, your advice from the business aspect of logging and copywriting to understanding the business and aspects of co- contractual agreements, even if it's something minor, such as, hey, you're uh, uh, like, we did a promotional agreement of, for this show. I have all the guests come on the show. And you own the rights for this particular show, as you know, and I'm going to send you a clip of this show after it's done okay. so that you can put it on your website, you can put it wherever. But if folks don't recognize, you got to read all this stuff because this is your business yes. brand. And there can be implications for not following up if not, or if not tuning in the way you right. should. Great right. advice. Great advice. Michael, I think you should... Follow up by going and visiting Stenetta Anthony's website <laughs> and staying in <laughs> touch with her. Now, I do want to share, Stenetta, I will be placing, I hope you'll be interested in this. I don't want to, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I have a, a space okay. on my own, on my own webpage, which is called Who I'm Supporting, and I would okay. love to put you there as well. A link to your book, uh, in, in a home for Sally, to your, a link to your web page so that folks can also okay. reach out to you directly after this show. And have direct access to you through your media site as well oh
2: that sounds fantastic
1: we can go for it (laughs) and and your question about the illustrator actually is one that comes up from tomas who's here in miami who has a a, a related question he wants to know how do you select an artist or illustrator
2: can Uh, you discuss that process yes so I'm going to discuss it from my first book instead of A Home for Sally mm, because with A Home mm. for Sally I went to a publisher and I uh, I used their illustrator but I still had all of the input okay so when I published my first book I had actually two illustrators uh, one was a friend and one was my sister-in-law
0: mm-hmm.
2: and my sister-in-law, I loved what she did. I I really did. I loved what she did. But it wasn't marketable, which was what I was told a few times. I loved what she did.
0: Mm-hmm. The second
2: illustrator I looked at, I looked at their work,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I looked at my book, and I looked at their drawings, and I looked mm-hmm. at my book, and I looked at their drawings, and I looked at my book. Mm -hmm. And I said, did you read? I'm thinking to myself, did you read my book?
0: Hmm.
2: And that was the thought. Did Did you read, did you actually read my book? Because your illustrations do not fit this book at all. So, that's what I mean is by the illustrator and the author have to come together. They have to have a meeting of the mind. The meeting of the pen or Mm
0: -hmm. whatever
2: watercolors Mm -hmm. or whatever they're going to (laughs) use graphic design they have to have a meeting of the mind with the author the author knows exactly what they want their book to look like and i would not compromise myself as an author because my illustrator wants to do or an illustrator wants to do one thing but i want to do another Mm. so you're the creator and they're the creator, too, but you have to have the meeting of the mind.
1: Yes, you do. And,
2: if you, and even if you go with a publisher, there still has to be a meeting of the mind. Uh, I went through hundreds of illustrations before I said, okay, I like this, I like that. And the other thing is, if I went to my audience, with your children, and I asked them, what do you think about that? this picture. What do you think about that picture? And they were very honest. I don't like this. I like that. You should change this. You should change that. And it, my feelings got hurt a little bit sometimes mm-hmm. along the
0: way. But
2: <laughs> that is how I really finalize with everything. And uh, if you decide to do it on your own, if you decide to self-publish a quiz, you need to do that contractual thing and everything like that. So you want to make sure that you have all of
1: that in place. Mm. That was a great response. And Tomas, I, I, I love what, what Stanetta just said. I think she just gave you core advice. And, and, and my takeaway from all of those beautiful statements is you need to know who you're working with. And you need to have an open dialogue and be open not only with that person and they with you, but also be open to the universe for feedback that will help make your product work and effective for its mm-hmm. intended audience. And its you, you, you're right on that. I, I remember my first book, I, I was so proud and I was a, of what it accomplished, but there are always a few haters who have yes, something are. to say. They exist and we, we recognize and we thank them. I thank them for all they put out there because they also yes. remind us to be humble and it also tells yes. us and understanding our character, because we, it puts us back in perspective. But I was always taught as a child, I'm sure you would agree with this too, Snedda. if I had nothing nice to say, do not say anything at all. It. Exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's it. And that exactly, is it. Exactly. I think we should make another children's book just on that topic alone. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Folks, you are listening here with Sinetta Anthony and me, uh, Billy Jones the, uh, here at Everyday Folks Radio and we're discussing Sinetta's incredible works starting with a home for Sally but we've now moved and segued to other phenomenal aspects of her creation, her creative and here's another question for you coming from Tina right okay. here in Miami for you and Tina wants to know, Stanetta, are there other children's book authors that you are fascinated with?
2: Oh my goodness. There are so many. Uh, my library is full of children's books because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not teaching. Uh, I'm not. I'm currently not teaching, but I have a library full of children's books. And mm-hmm. my favorite children's book, all, children's book of all time, is A Little Engine That Could. It is so old. Oh, I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> But I love it, and so yes, I have a library full of children from all different uh, age groups and everything. And so, oh my goodness, I have quite a few. So I don't want to just say one. I just have a I, lot. I, I,
1: I, th- I think that's I think that's a fair re- response. And it's funny when you ever authors are asked to uh, for us to pick up who else we're reading, right? It's so hard right. because we're so fascinated and we marvel at other people's creations as well, as much as we are creating our own. It's just really Mm -hmm. hard to pinpoint. It's just like asking what's your favorite song. Right. Right. There could be so many genres and interests and depending on your mood, your feelings and that particular aspect, you may respond one way or another. And so I think Tina, I think her response is a fair one and that there are just so many folks to choose. And Do you find yourself, Zanetta, even not only with your own book, but with other authors when you go to bookstores? I sometimes purchase books for the sake of Mm -hmm. gifting them to some people.
2: Yes, and I do. I do. I gift books, and I like to have books as gifts. So I do that um, all the time, especially at Christmas. Mm -hmm. Uh, My grandchildren know to expect a book from me. Not my book, but another book, and it can be about anything. And so I, I do think books are a wonderful gift-giving tool. Whether you do um, electronic or paper, mm-hmm. I like both. So, and I think you should probably know who the person is that you're giving the gift to, the book to, mm-hmm. if you know. Uh, so. Books are the best gifts in the world.
1: Yes, they are. They are. And I want you to know, I have purchased two copies of your book because I'm gifting one to my goddaughter. She will be turning one in two months. But in time, her mom is an elementary teacher, and she reads to her every night, and she loves books, and she loves to listen. And I told her, I said, well, the very first book that she's going to have from me is from my dear colleague, Danetta Anthony, A Home for Sally. And so I want to say thank you for that. And it's going to be the physical book, because I want her to be able to feel the book and have value for it and put it on her shelf and to do much of the things that you and I both do already with other creations that we receive or get or purchase from others.
2: And thank you for that purchase. I appreciate it.
1: You are very welcome. And I have a question for you from Simon, who lives in ATL, Atlanta, Georgia. Thanks for listening. All right. Simon, he, he has a beautiful uh, compliment for you. He says, Sonetta, you are awesome, and you are a gem. How nice.
2: Oh, that? Thank
1: you. <laughs> that was a nice thing. Look at that. Oh, that's very nice. And he also wants to know, what's next for you? Are you touring? Uh,
2: no, I'm not touring. Um, not right now. I'm making some adjustments
0: mm-hmm. in
2: my scheduling because of uh, personal reasons. And so not right now, not right now. Uh, probably I'm trying to make some adjustments over the summer to do some things,
1: mm-hmm. but
2: uh, not right now, not right now.
1: You know, Theta, as an author, as a fellow author, creative people are always busy. You yes, they
2: that? are. I agree. I agree.
1: Because there's always something to brew in terms of projects, initiatives. I want to write 10 books, but I never have the time to. Because I either a okay. I'm grading or b I'm reading other people's books. <laughs> mm-hmm. sometimes it's so it's it's a tough. How do you manage that time? Is it is it tough for you as well in time management of creating and finding time to be creative?
2: Uh yes, it is. Uh, you because you um it, writing is your life and life is your writing. But then even with that, you still have other things that you see. To take care of within that And right. it's funny that we brought that conversation up Because me and my husband actually had this conversation Last night And managing my time And trying to Find the time for writing Sometimes can be difficult But I Have to make a conscientious Decision that okay I'm going to write on this Day between this time and this time That means that I'm not taking any phone calls, I'm not answering any emails, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
2: nothing unless my house is burning down or it's <laughs> a dire emergency. I am taking that time and I have to write. And uh, I have to let my family know and my friends know this is what I'm going to do. So do not feel offended. If uh, I'm doing something and what I need to do,
1: I need to do. I love it. I love it. I have to schedule what I started doing. I started scheduling in time to write just like I Mm -hmm. was making an appointment for the doctor or scheduling time to hang with family or get together a dinner. I have to put it on my little calendar. And even though I don't do all, you know how it is. Sometimes your muse hits you and you just have the, you're compelled to write because you're in the moment. And so I I agree with you. Sometimes we have to set those appropriate boundaries so that we're able to get what we need to get out and done. Right. Especially when there are deadlines and things of that nature. Yes,
2: definitely, definitely.
1: I feel, Stenetta, you are an incredible success story and I'm very proud of all that you've accomplished you know thank in, you what what inspires you to succeed
0: oh gosh
2: uh, one of the things is i I choose, i i have a true belief in God and my okay. relationship with him okay. so that's that's one of the main things that inspire me my uh, my little group of learners my little group of children that I educate and probably will educate all of my life. Those Mm -hmm. are uh, those things that inspire me. And I guess just life in general, uh, wanting to accomplish something uh, that I feel like is necessary to bring to the world. Mm
1: -hmm. So
2: those are the things that inspire me.
1: Mm, Beautiful. Are there any aspects of any characters from any of the books you've written that besides Home for Sally, because I think you've already alluded to this earlier, but are there any mm-hmm. characters who perhaps are a glimpse or a glimmer of who you are or an aspect of your own person or character?
2: Um, well, of course, Sally,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, with a love story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Christian book. It's a glimpse mm-hmm. of my relationship uh, with God.
0: Okay. Uh,
2: 31 Days of Treasure is kind of a glimpse of my relationship, my daily relationship. And future relationships. So those are a little glimpse of who I am as a person. So if you read mm. the stories, you'll see a little bit of me in every story. Not all of me, but just mm-hmm. a little bit of who I am and some of my beliefs.
1: Oh, wow. I I want to get to a place where I, myself, as a writer, can do that. Because I'm so busy writing short story collections about other people that mm-hmm. Like wait a minute, what, I feel like I, there are parts of me, there are little sprinkles of me in other characters, but they're not all of me. And I'm always okay. wondering where would I ever get to that place where I'll be able to surrender that? Because I and then I'll tell you why. The reason why I don't is because I feel like what I offer, who I am, I love me, but I feel that I'm boring yes. compared to the other things that people tell me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and you know what? And we and we feel like that. And sometimes I look at myself and be like, really, Danetta. You sometimes you, do, you look at other people's lives, and uh, maybe look at television, or, right. or look at the internet, or or listening on the radio. With some people, do sometimes, and it seems like they're just their lives are just so exciting. Because I have imagined myself like, what is Oprah doing right now? <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
2: I'm like, okay, she may be doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes I feel like uh, sometimes day to day I guess when you're going through the routine of life it seems like it could be boring but there is some excitement there you just have to figure out what it is for that day
1: yeah. or days. Mm. Day. thank you for that encouragement Jackson has a question for you from New York City, New York thank you for okay. listening up in New York City Jackson Yay! <laughs> Jackson wants to know, what does your family think about the book and your writing?
2: Oh, my family, there are mixed emotions in my family. Uh, Hmm. When I first started writing, I heard about everyone else in my family who had written a book. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
2: felt like, well, what about me? (laughs) I had that feeling of, what about me? Why aren't you looking at me? (laughs) And then (laughs) then it came where, I'm going to say they came around, Mm -hmm. where now they're like, oh, so you vote a book, And so now they seem to be interested in what I'm doing. It's taken a couple of years. I'm not going to say from everyone in my family. My husband and my children, When I say they're my biggest fans, they are my biggest, biggest, and some of my close friends, they're my biggest fans, and uh, they say to me, oh, my friend is an author, and so they get excited about it, which excites me as well, and so those are are some of the things that uh, my family and some of my friends uh, think about me.
1: Oh, thank you for sharing that. And I wanted to confess something. As a journalist and, and broadcast, not just from from the podcast aspect for but from my previous career, I'm always mm-hmm. fascinated with voices, with people's voices, what they offer. You have an incredible voice. And I always have, I have a Thank question you. for you. Have you ever thought about doing an audiobook of your own or doing voice work that allows you to perhaps transfer some of the the, the messages behind, let's say the love story or 31 Days of Treasure, or even a Home for Sally, into that audience or platform?
2: No, I have not. But that may be something that I have to think about.
1: Yeah, Uh, I think you would do very well with it. Because when I'm listening to you, like I can hang on to every syllable. You're very inviting. You're very engaging. And you offer uh, an honesty. There's an honesty in your tone and voice that makes people want to listen.
2: Oh, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that.
1: You're very welcome. And I mean that sincerely. I, I've I've interviewed many people over the past, long on podcast show. We've been doing this now for four years. And I've interviewed some incredible folks, all each so amazing in his or her own way. But you, by far, I just feel that, wow, I can listen to her talk or read me a book or tell me a story <laughs> okay. or make me see in okay. my life something, you know? And so okay. it's a and so, usually, and I say that to you for encouragement because, as you know, we creatives, we just don't have an inclination in one art form. We usually have an association or inclination in other arts as well. So, perhaps you may be a musician as well. You may be your mentioned you don't illustrate, but you may be able to do design in other ways. So, it's just something of food for thought as you're moving forward in your incredible journey.
2: Okay. I... I- I may have to think about that. I do know someone who does voiceovers. I may have to think mm-hmm. about that. I have to think about mm-hmm.
1: that. I love it. I think it's a great, and remember also as well, we are eternally friends now, so you always have my yeah. support. So any conversations okay. that we can have near or far, you're a star. I'll make sure to support you.
2: Okay, thank you. I appreciate that as well.
1: We have one other question coming in from Donna from Alabama. Thank you for okay, listening. Okay, Donna. Out and she wants to know what has been your biggest obstacle in producing your book or any book
2: uh, i'm going to say finances finances okay. it were it's my first you know the biggest obstacle because no matter what book you publish whether you self-publish or you go with a publisher mm-hmm. it it is a it is a financial endeavor
1: it is it so really is
2: we, to um, consider how much money is it going to take for me to get this project out. And so that was one of my big, biggest obstacles. And I guess myself, because I never thought of myself as a writer until I started mm-hmm. writing. And so that would be my second bit, biggest.
0: Mm-hmm. Not
2: now, but right, at the right. beginning. at At the right. beginning, not now. So those were the two biggest obstacles that I had
1: to face. And I, I, I would agree. Uh, even maintaining, I recognize technology has evolved so much. And yes. so we recognize there's so many platforms. So now when we're marketing, we're writing, we're publishing, we're branding, we have to keep in mind all these other avenues of tools that exist in the world. And so
0: yes.
1: and you can't have a, a thousand flowers blooming. But you have to have the right ones to put in a vase that make the scenery beautiful, right? And so, right, I it, love that statement. I, I, oh, I, Steve, look what you're doing to me, cetera uh, I gotta write that down. That's a really beautiful <laughs> one. You might be my muse. I may need to fly you to Miami. So when I get writer's block, I just need you here to talk to me and create titles okay. while you're here too.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: But in, in truth, though, it's 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 very costly. And then they also too. You know, there are moments that I, even I have sometimes of self-doubt and, and, and you have these conversations. I'm like, okay, Billy, get over this. And you've been through. Yeah. And even though you and I have done it over and over, I still have that little glimmer sometimes, that little wicked little voice sometimes that says, whoa, what are you doing? Are you sure you're ready to yeah. put this out there? And it's never, enough, it's never a perfect time to put it out there. Right. No matter the planning, you just got to get it out there and surrender to the universe and say in good faith that what you've done was good justice to the world. Yes, true. I agree. I agree totally. I agree totally. And somewhere in there, we have to be able to live our lives and rest our heads down on our pillows knowing that reality, knowing that truth, and recognizing that sometimes things just will be, right?
2: Yes, that's right. That's right.
1: You know, Snedda, you're very special. And as we are nearing now the last five minutes of our show, so, I want you to imagine okay. imagine that someone just tuned in right now and heard us speaking, having no idea what we're talking about other than the fact that they read your bio through the ar- on the archive about the show. What would you like that listener to have as a takeaway from this conversation?
2: Okay, so as a takeaway i um, uh, the one thing is if you're thinking about uh, or considering writing a book or a poem or whatever you're deciding to do in the creative process, I would consider, I would think you would consider research, which is uh, something that's important, uh, researching your craft. It doesn't mean you don't jump out into the water, but you're researching your craft, uh, considering what kind of author or writer you are, Because we are all different We're all created different We all look different We all view life differently So I would uh, That you would think Try not to allow people To put you in the box
0: Mm. The other
2: thing is To Allow your creative juices to flow Uh, You may Wake up with a book You may lay down with a book That's inside of you uh, just begin somewhere, if it, even if it's the word the, just begin. Uh, may feel like I'm not ready, I'm not prepared to write, but just start. Have a beginning, and then as time goes on, then you have a conclusion. Make sure that you're managing your time wisely. Uh, you have to be careful with your time as a writer to make sure that you're putting the days of hours, minutes, seconds, you know, years into your writing that you need to write. Guard your project. It's yours. Uh, guard it financially. Guard it contractually. Guard it in every aspect that you need. Make sure that you're using every tool necessary to put out the best project that you need to put out or you want to put out. Make sure that you're doing the editing, the proofreading, whatever is needed to get that best project out. We want to have the best project that we can because we want to put our best foot forward. We want to to be the star behind our project. I'm sorry, in front of our project. We want to be the star in front of it and actually behind it, too.
1: Thank you so uh, much, Sunetta. that was that was outstanding. And I want to say to all listeners who are listening right now, please recognize that A Home for Sally and all other incredible works by Samantha Anthony are available online now. And I'm going to be placing a link for her show and for her website under my Who I'm Supporting on Everyday Folks books Dot .com and Jones.com so that you're able to have a direct connect with her but if you have a, a Google browser you can go to amazon.com and Barnes and Noble and Ingram books to pick up the, the book and support this incredible story because we're all looking for a home to belong to and a place of belonging and i feel that Sally is just a reflection of all the other incredible gamuts of emotions that we all harbor. I want to say thank you to you, Stanetta, for all that you do. And please know this is not the last time you're going to be on Everyday Folks, my friend. We okay. will be back. I will be bringing okay. you back with updates and insights for a reunion segment. And also know that you always have a home here. So at any time you ever want to come and promote anything with our show or anything that what I have as, as any media sources and outlets, you have that open access all the time. So thank, thank you so you. much for being with me today. And those of you who are listening live, we're about to c- cut off. But before we do, I just want you to know this show will archive in the next 24 hours. It'll be available on Bloss Talk Radio Archive. It'll also be available on my through my webpage. And if that is interested, she'll probably have it available through her outlets as well because we'll be sending her a copy of it. Too. And then lastly, it is available on iTunes for download. Thank you for listening to BJ Speaks. I'm with here with Stenetta Anthony and a home first a home for Sally. Until next time, take care of yourselves. See you soon.
2: Thank you.